Hello and welcome to Stories, a Stark Friends podcast <laughs> where we pick a theme and each tell a story. At the end, you get to vote with us to pick the best story. Wow, is this whoever, Michael Caine talking Whoever to gets us? the most votes gets to pick the next theme. <laughs> Our current theme is shipwrecks. This is Michael Caine introducing <laughs> Buddy and he is going to talk about Jenny Lynn. Now quote something from Batman. Oh, I, I found you, sir. I found you. <laughs> you trusted me and I found you. That was really good. <laughs> Why do we fall, Master Bruce? So we can, get so we can learn to pick ourselves back up. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you. But so how did you learned. get such a famous <laughs> person to introduce you? Yeah, I got Paul. I got Paul. Oh, okay. Um, well, he found out you were doing such a great. He picked. You picked such a great topic of shipwrecks for this series. Call up Michael right, Caine. Right. And <laughs> so uh, we go all the way back to the year of our Lord eighteen fifty. Wow, that is mm-hmm. far back. It is quite a well, quite a ways back. And the Ginny Lind shipwrecks on uh, a reef known as uh, Ken Reef, which is just off the east coast of Australia. Um, this is. To, to date, in the year of our Lord, 1850, uh, the second shipwreck on this reef, but it will be one of at least eight that we know have happened on this particular reef. At the time, it was not uh, in the maps. It was not on their map at all. Um, so the Ginny Lind, uh, which has a crew of, let me look up oh, the number. Oh, it's a boat? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a cool woman. No, it's a shipwreck. We're doing shipwrecks. So? <laughs> So there can be women on boats that wreck. There, there are many women on. Actually, boat I don't know th- because women are bad luck. I saw it in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> okay. uh, there were twenty-eight passengers and crew on this boat. Twenty-eight. Uh, twenty-eight. Ha- yeah, oh, that's, that's interesting. Big. Yeah, it's not the not the largest boat in the world. Just just twenty-eight passengers, uh, and well, and crew. Twenty-eight passengers and crew, and um, so. This boat uh, is heading to, well, Singapore and then to um, London after that. So it's going, it's, it's a big enough boat that it Where's is going to be making from? from Melbourne, Australia. Australia to Singapore yep. to London. Yep. So it's a big enough boat that it is going to be making like a, like a cross oceanic trip. Okay. Um, and uh, it leaves on September 3rd, the year of our Lord, 1850. Uh, <laughs> there are a few people that I want to name because they're going to be sort of key players. I mean, there's obviously there's 20 people, but... Um, there's Captain Taylor, who is the captain of the ship. There's a bunch of other. There are um, 16 seamen and apprentices. So that gives you an idea. What? And then there's going to be 12 passengers. 16 what? Seamen. Did you hear it correctly that time? Uh-huh. Did I pronounce it good enough? Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, we're doing this bit again? Boy, I can't wait for the recaps. I can't help it. <laughs> um, okay. So there are passengers, lots of different passengers. Uh, it sounds like there's only like 10 passengers. Yeah, yeah. there's like, yeah, there's 12 passengers. One of them, so there's three children, uh, and one of the passengers is Mr. Beale, and he's going to come back uh, into play again um, a little later. Okay. So they set sail on September 3rd. By September 21st, um, they are, they haven't uh, had the sun for two days. They haven't marked the sun. It seems like it's been pretty, uh, easy sailing from the ship's log and things. Wait, uh, I don't know what this means. They haven't marked the sun? Uh, to get their, their latitude and longitude. One of the ways you do that. So, so they do don't that. know where they are? You can do that with the stars. Well, they haven't bothered to like sort of check up in two days. Oh. So they have a general idea of where they are, but they have not like kept 
perfect good you know good track that of exactly risky there. what else are you doing on a boat right for two solid days okay <laughs> so um at one point uh an individual looks over the bow of the ship and sees uh what appears to be a very large black something or other in the water black sails and he, a whale uh, no, in the water. Uh, yeah, similar, a whale? Similar to a whale, yes. It could could be a whale. So not um, black sails. No. It's not, not a it's, pirate ship. Yeah, it's in the water. Um, <laughs> okay. So he asked the lookout what it was, and the lookout answered that it was a reflection of a heavy black cloud that was hanging overhead. I don't believe it. But he, yeah, so he looks over the side of the ship and like realizes very, very quickly that that is not the case. And so he immediately calls for them to... Oh, I forget what direction. Um, I think they, he calls for them to turn aft, like basically to try and turn around because they're in the mess of this. But uh, very quickly before anything comes of that, they strike this reef uh, <coughs> and almost immediately, it says, afterwards lay broadside. So like it pretty well goes sideways, like, you know, within minutes. They cut the masts away to try and keep it from... Um, tipping completely over, uh, but it doesn't work, and it's very clear that this thing is going to break up. Um, and so they get onto um, they get onto the rescue boats, and they manage to get onto a little outcrop. So they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, but the the water is not so deep, not too far away. There is an outcrop of this reef that is about 450 feet long by about 100 feet wide, and it's just sand and coral and reef like there's no vegetation and it's this small little thing so they get out there give it a second uh and they kind of start watching um watching their ship sink Woo! Woo! uh let's see let's see let's see let's see okay so they've wrecked right right uh, and they got on the lifeboats and they found what is basically uh a um castaway tiny tiny island with no one there some sand uh and they've got some coral okay okay so uh i don't it doesn't really say what they did the first day i'm looking at the actual ship's log for this um, Ooh. Captain's yeah, log. And, yeah and it doesn't say what they did the first day but they said it says the next day uh they procured some sails so they cut down some sails and uh a variety of provisions um about four gallons of water they got off of it because they are in the middle of the ocean so they don't have fresh water um and let's see what else the captain was able to save some of his charts and nautical instruments um they looked for the mail i guess which like who cares? Um, but uh, they couldn't find the mail because the vessel was breaking up very, very quickly. Like the whole ship was just like going out to sea in chunks and things. Oh, yes. Um, on the third day, uh, so this is a Monday now, just in case you're curious, this is now Monday. Um, there, a copper boiler, some lead piping, and a cistern uh, were, got, were salvaged from the wreck. And Mr. Beale who, according to the ship's log, was, for whatever reason, they decided to note, he was the son of Reverend W. Beale, uh, and lately surgeon of the ship Raha. And it's not really clear Rawhide? if... Right? That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, it's actually spelled <laughs> R-A-J-A-H. Raha. Oh, Raja. Yeah. Yeah, Ra Raja. Um, anyway, and it's not really clear if Mr. Beale or his dad was the surgeon. It just... Hmm. But anyway, um, so he turns this copper boiler, some lead piping, and a cistern into a freshwater distillery. Um, and he uses fuel from the, the wreck of the ship 
uh, to like power the thing. And by the end of the first day, uh, he has half a pint of water for every person uh, there. So that's a cup of water times 28 people. He's, he's managed to get like another four gallons of distilled water out of this thing, which is super, to me, super impressive. The following day, they all meet and they decide uh, to try and build a new boat from the wreckage of their old boat. This is uh, basically Gilligan's Island. Yeah, uh, but like on a, on a much grander scale. Right. And so they split up into three groups. Uh, so nobody's died yet? No one has died yet. Okay. Yes, there yes. were 28 people in this wreck in the middle of the ocean, uh, and, and no one has yet to die, which is one of the things that I find interesting about this wreck. Good. Um, another, uh, so they, they split up into three groups. One group uh, starts really, really, really salvaging the wreck, right, and like pulling everything they can possibly get from the wreck to build their new ship. Okay. A second group starts assisting Mr. Bill and Mr. Beale in distilling water so that they all don't die of thirst. Mm -hmm. And the third group starts building the new boat with the stuff that uh, the, the first group is carrying off of the old boat. Um, they manage to scavenge some carpenter tools, uh, timber, obviously, from the boat and things, um, and they get to work. There was a carpenter on the boat. Like, that was one of the jobs of being on a boat was you needed a ship's carpenter. And so this guy, like, is sort of the lead of building, and they get to work. Um, they make some attempts to find some fresh water by digging, but they just keep hitting more and more coil, coral uh, because they're on this, this big reef. And while they're there... Um, they find some relics from former wrecks, uh, including a rusty chain, um, some boat boards, and some pieces of timber that were cind like they had cinders on them, as though people had made a fire in the past. And now we know that about 30 years prior, the Bonavista also uh, crashed here. Um, mm -hmm. They spent several weeks on the reef before uh, another ship, Asia, came by and, and rescued that first group. Okay. Um... I want to make sure I get because there was there was a section in this ship's log that talks about by one point. Yeah, OK, here it is. Um, by September 25th. And I'll remind you that they wrecked on September 3rd. Okay. So they've been here on this like sandy beach in the middle of nowhere uh, for three weeks or so at this point. Okay. Um, so by September 25th, Mr. Beale, according to the ship's log, had improved his machinery so much um, that from other things they'd pulled from the wreck that he was able to get 25 gallons of fresh water a day. Uh, and so they were basically OK. They were like be able they were able to live off of the fresh water he was making from the seawater. Uh, but now the food uh, proportions started getting a little low. Um, so they they start like uh, sort of rationing the food part. Now, on October 26th. A full month later, so they've basically been out here for two months now, mm -hmm. uh, stranded on a beach, and as you were mentioning, Gilligan's Island, uh, for real. They finish building their boat, and they launch it, okay. and it leaks like a mother. Oh, no. So they had to spend a, a two more days uh, just patching leaks and things. But once they've done that, uh, on October 29th, um, there was enough space to hold 22 of the 28 people on the boat, and the other six sat in the life raft that they had attached to the side. Um, they found, and I'm going to finish up uh, quickly here. They found one <laughs> bay not too far off, but they saw some what they call natives, which I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know if it's indigenous <laughs> people. Or, uh, Probably. What, and it says, not liking their manner, we refuse to allow them on board. Oh, my so, gosh. Yep. So they did not. Ugh, uh, white people. So they didn't. They didn't go in uh, to that port. Um, 
but they uh, a few days later they found they arrived in Brisbane, uh, another port, and so they all got of them, back to Australia. They got back to Australia, and all of them uh, were comparatively well uh, and hardy, having spent thirty day, thirty seven days uh, on a desolate coral. It's amazing. Thing. Yeah. Um, so and what did they eat? The final thing that the ship's log uh, said. Well, actually, there was enough because um, you know the, it was a transoceanic. So they ship. were able to save. So they it? had enough sh- uh, food on board to kind of just eat okay. what they had left. Um, the last thing on this ship's log um, is that all persons appear to have exerted themselves in an extraordinary man- manner to remedy their condition, but there can be no doubt that uh, Mr. Beale is due the credit of every life saved, for if he had not brought science to bear upon their difficulties and supplied them with water when there was scarcely a hope of it, the hot sun of that latitude and the burning sand on which they were encamped would have made short work with them. Goodness. All I think, I hate these stories because all I think is like, why well, I would be one of the dead, like immediately. <laughs> well, I mean, I, without this guy who thought, I'm going to turn this junk into a water distillery. How did he do that again? So there was, he, they pulled a variety of things out, out of the wreck. One of the things okay. they pulled out of the wreck was a copper boiler. Um, which I don't know what the original intent of that was, some lead piping and a cistern, like a big vase of some kind. Um, And he, you know, hammers and glues this thing together. uh, And he uses fuel from the ship, which I don't know what that means exactly. I didn't look into it. Me neither. Well, because like... Without an engine or something. Right. I imagine they talk about sails and masts and things. I don't know what fuel it would have needed, but I guess I'm... Not enough of a story. Maybe it was like kerosene for the lamps or something. It could be, yeah. But he used that to heat the water, and then, you know, you just condense it back down. Um, so all you have to do is boil water to make so, it drinkable? Yeah, so what you want to do is there is, um, you know, salt water. I mean, you can't drink because mm-hmm. of the salt content. You actually dehydrate yourself more than you hydrate yourself with the salt content. <laughs> that is the saddest thing that God has ever done to us. So what you do is if you boil the water, right... You have water vapor rising up, and mm-hmm. if you can manage to catch that water vapor and condense it back down, oh, the salt no. stays behind, and the, the water that drips back off How is How do you catch fresh water. it? Well, so you put sort of a lid on top of your, your copper boiler, and then you bend a pipe back down so mm-hmm. that like the, all the vapor and stuff, and ideally you coil it. So that it's got lots of time to spin in there and, and get cooled back down. I would down definitely just die. And so the the water that drips off is fresh water. That's and amazing. so he was making, by the end of it, he and his team uh, were making 25 gallons of water a day by that method, which is cra- if you've crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, if you've ever tried to distill water. It takes forever. It is not a fast process. Wow. Yeah, like getting a gallon a day is a pretty impressive thing so they probably just like kept it going they They must have had a lot of fuel they had to have been doing shifts i I imagine they probably built a few of them i I don't know how big the copper boiler was but it must have been big to get that kind of that amount of water out of it was it like a steamboat 1850 i guess it could have been i don't know but then again again, the civil war was like and again they I'm going to look up a picture. They talk about cutting masts off and things, which obviously you would do on a sailboat. Right. I don't think the in 1850 they would have had a steamboat yet. Yeah. So anyway. Wait, how do you I, spell it? Uh, the Jenny Lind. J-E-N-N-Y-L-I-N-D. That's a character in a movie. That's why I recognize the name. Oh, gotcha. It also, apparently the... the it is a steamboat. What do you... Uh, oh, yeah, like no, I said, that would have been the perfect time. 
I'm wrong. That's a different boat named the Steamboat Jenny Lynn. Yeah, they like still I said, have. They still have uh, the figurehead from the boat as well in a museum. It was like a woman who I maybe it was the woman was named after. I don't know. Probably Jenny. Yes, Lynch. she's a famous opera singer. Oh, unfortunately, well, cool. there's like a lot of boats named well, the yeah. Jenny Lynn. Not too surprised. <laughs> um, That's crazy. This is yeah, quite possibly the most buddy story I've ever heard in my I life. I know a tragedy. Yeah. Wait, did they a tragedy out? happened, and because of science, and science everyone saved lives. the day. Yeah, the yeah. smart the smart science out? person kept everyone alive. What tipped them over? Did I miss that? Yeah, they hit this the coral reef. reef. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it pretty well knocked them over immediately. Well, That's yeah, that was crazy. like 30 minutes ago, so we'll cut you some slack. <laughs> 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 that wasn't a slam at Buddy's story being so long. It was a slam at me not having the disc space. People should <laughs> not name their boats the Jenny Lind because the one in San Francisco blew up. So it just has like a bad history, I guess. Worse than the Titanic, too. <laughs> Did you say the Titanic 2? Yeah, the Titanic. Is in the second Titanic? That's right. <laughs> Alright, anything else? No, that's all I got. Again, I just I I I like that everyone survived because this guy thought to like, well, we're gonna need water and we're out in the middle of the ocean, so it's almost like it's almost like science saves lives every day. Almost. It's almost Gosh. like it feels that way. It's almost like if you just listen to we the would smart all be dead. Person. Yeah. If we didn't listen to people who knew how things work, we'd just all be drinking salt water like, oh, I found buckets of water. And we'd all have polio. Um, I'm drinking the water, but I'm still dehydrated. I don't understand. (laughs) What's happening? Yep. So, hey, friends, if you enjoyed the Jenny Lind, uh, feel free to vote for me, but don't do it yet. Wait until you've heard all three stories and then pick your favorite one of them. Uh, Up next, we have Hannah. Was a very difficult uh, thing to pronounce, so we'll get to that next episode. Until then, be careful where you take cabbages. <laughs> <laughs>